Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to another adventure here on These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me again, joining me again, joining me again, Lieutenant Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. Sorry, there was like this weird like time loop thing that was going on on my end. I don't know if y'all were impacted by it. Eric, are you here? Sorry, there was this weird time loop thing that was going on on my end. I don't know if you were impacted by it. You're all moving very slowly. I can't hear you. If only we had an emergency hologram program that we can all rely on. Sorry, there's this weird time loop thing that's going on on my end. I don't know if you're impacted by it. Okay, enough of that. Enough of that. <laughs> well, if if uh, this little um, weird false start of sorts, or just start, whatever it is, isn't any kind of indicator. We have some weird time loop nonsense going on. But before we get to the nonsense of the time loop, how you gents doing? It's It's been five days since you were here actually at Lone Star Station, and it, it feels a little, just, just a little lonely, a little, little weird, having all the, been here the house, and, and the house yeah, the house is just a little bit more empty. empty now. I mean, it literally is a lot more empty. There were like total of like 20 some odd folks here i think yeah bless your heart for inviting all those people because i don't want 20 people in my house ever <laughs> bless your heart that's like a texas <laughs> bless your right heart there. Bless, bless your, your heart, heart darling <laughs> <laughs> oh good grief i don't yeah um yeah it's it's uh it's definitely a lot more quiet than it was um about a week ago and, uh, but anyways, yeah, like, um, it was nice having you all up here, uh, for anyone that hasn't listened to the episode yet, uh, from last week's Prodigy episode, uh, David and Eric were actually here and we got to, um, sit here in the, um, in the, uh, the main area, right? Operations and, and actually talk the talk instead of just do the whole view screen nonsense, like I was saying. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. By the way, um, so I I walked outside to the patio where the, the smoker is, right, where I was cooking the brisket and everything, and I forgot that I still had a few pieces of wood in the bucket with some water. So I walk out, and I'm looking, and I'm like, is that frozen? And I, I look down, and like I poke it, and I knock on it. I'm like, yep, that bucket's frozen with like bits, like a few pieces of mesquite wood and water in a Home Depot bucket. So yeah, it is frozen. Yeah, I said the weirdest weather <laughs> when I was there. I was it was so nice, and then you, my, my Ohio weather followed us down, you know, and got real cold, and then got okay, and now you're freezing. Stuff. Yeah, like the day we all left, it was actually pretty decent. Like it would have been <laughs> nice to have like that weather on Saturday and not Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, that, and that's, for the most part, that's what it's been this week, too. Like, we've had pretty nice weather since Sunday. And it was, um, so Thursday morning, right, uh, the day that this episode premiered. 
it we we went from it being like 60s and 70s the day before to it feeling like 10 degrees out yeah they were worried about like freezing rain here today a lot of like schools like preemptively canceled class because they were worried about freezing rain but uh there wasn't any so wussies <laughs> Don't you just like, don't you just wish like like back in our day when we were in high school like Chase you weren't there yet I don't think because this happened in eighth grade but no. I may have even told this story before there was a day where we were, had a forecast for thirteen inches of snow but it wasn't supposed to start snowing until like ten a.m. so at seven seven thirty when school started the roads were perfectly clear. It was safe to get to school. Buses could pick everybody up. People could stand outside at the bus stops, everything. So we had school. And it snowed 13 inches on us while we were at school. I do remember this, actually. We were trapped there until 11 p.m. Like, 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 there was a forecast for 13 inches of snow, but, hey, it's clear when school starts, so get here. So... So I didn't go to the middle school that you went to. I went to uh, I went to the charter school uh, oh, that's down right. the street yeah, you from were, it. You were in Michigan, right, already yeah. at that point. Yeah, so the winter of 2000, I remember very, very, very well. And um, I remember maybe it wasn't that same day, but the snow just started coming and coming and coming and coming. And, like, here's the thing. If you don't live in, in, the, in the Midwest, the North, whatever, wherever it snows, Whenever like you're you're brushing, you're you're shoveling, or even like snow blowing, when you do it, like you at least can see the ground for a little while. The way the snow was coming down, like as soon as you like shoveled it, it it, it made no difference because there was already snow that replaced it five seconds after you shoveled it, as if you did nothing. And I distinctly remember we were. We were like between houses because we were waiting for our house to get finished um, there off McCandless Road, uh, where we used to live, and uh, so we were staying with uh, with a friend out in Linden. So I was commuting basically from Linden to Grand Blanc for uh, like a little bit. So this was like I think the snowfall there around um, December or something like that, if I'm remembering correctly. Twenty-seven inches of snow overnight. I don't know if you remember that, Eric. I don't remember that. It might have been. That's a lot. I no. You know what? I think I do remember that now that I'm now that I'm remembering. Yeah, 27 inches of snow overnight, and then um, the next day, I think it snowed like another like 15, 16 inches. So like it was a ton of freaking snow there in the winter of 2000. And by the way, first winter. My, like this is like the one of the first times I remember like not just seeing snow but like living in snow. So I had like no snow gear, no snow boots, no nothing. So I had to do it like the old Texas way up, up to that point until we were able to get to a store and get some stuff. And it was like, you know, uh, layer it up, like put like your windbreaker stuff over it so it's kind of like re- like I don't know repelling the snow or whatever. Just layer, layer, layer. And it, it was bad. And there is a funny story with my dad trying to get out of the snow, and I don't know if I should share it now or not. 
um, but it was hilarious. He was pissed off at the time, but it was. I'm going to just tell it. It's it's fine. We're already talking about snow. So he he worked down in um, like the the Pontiac area for the most part. So again, like Grand Blanc and Linden down to Pontiac is a little bit of a hike, especially in the snow. Well, he had to get up early because traffic, right? So he got he had to be at work usually by think like six or something like that so he sees all this snow and he starts like kind of you know cursing under his breath and stuff like that so he he, you know he's already showered he's already dressed so he gets the snow shovel out and he just starts shoveling because by the way his truck is buried in snow so he shovels it all out he's shoveling it out he finally gets it done and the place that we live the owner owns the daycare that's adjacent to their house so the snow plow comes in, all the snow that he had just du- like shoveled to dig his truck out, snow plow pushes it right back on, and he comes back out <laughs> in a horrible mood. Yeah, I, yeah, the, the yeah. snow plows do that. <laughs> and he had just gone back in to shower, too, from all the sweat. <laughs> and he comes back, <laughs> and he shuffles it all out again. And then he, so by this time, it's taken him now two to two and a half hours to do all this stuff. And he gets up to the highway, and there's Michigan um, State Police or whatever that are like, highway's closed, go home. Classic. <laughs> yep, yeah. That's, that's, that's a classic living in the north type of story. Okay. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, no more snow stories or whatever. Let's talk Trek. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> so, uh, for anyone, uh, this is your red alert. Red alarm! Red alarm! As we get ready to talk about Star Trek Prodigy Season 1, Episode 8, Time Amok. And uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's only 24 minutes. This episode's going to already be longer than 24 minutes, by the way. Uh but if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Or if you just don't really care, keep on listening. Well, it's, it's fine. It's fine. All right, gang. So in, instantly, I mean, this is obviously like the title itself is just a play on an original series um, episode name, A Mock Time. Yeah, so one, um, of, one of my all-time favorite original series episodes. Yes. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Um, this, story, the, this episode does remind me of... Um, a few other episodes as well too uh, from other eras of Trek so well, that's, a, um, that's the thing though I, I was you know I was thinking about the name and, and clearly I, I thought on a mock time but it's like that episode had nothing to do with time necessarily N- not time in in the looping sense more time in the biological sense I guess uh, <laughs> it it, 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 it like I, I don't, I don't want to be like nitpicky or anything, but it, it just seemed like kind of an odd, odd one to play off of. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you could have done something like um, effect and cause. <laughs> there you or, go. Right, or because escape I escape time. <laughs> I mean, I, it I like had effect like the... and cause. I mean, so so the TNG episodes that came to mind for me were 
um, cause and effect, right, and timescape were the two that came to mind. More mm-hmm. more cause and effect than anything else. But I mean, both good stories. I mean, they're all good stories, right? Like those two plus um, a mock time. Great episodes. Great episodes. But I mean, I get it. Like time is running amok and cue all the hocus-pocus people out there. But yeah, like, time is... Time is... Uh, time is fleeting. Uh, I gotta stop. But it's, it's running rampant. It's doing this thing. But before we get too far into this, I want to break some people's brains that maybe uh, didn't think too much of it. They just kind of, like, let it pass. But um, Eric... Yes. Okay, Eric. What's this start off with? I well, it starts out. It doesn't start out with captain's log, but it starts right. out with like command trainer's log, right? Yeah. Same difference, right? Yeah. Uh, it, and it then starts a, off with a log. start date. I you know I always say I love it when episodes start out with captain's log, start date, whatever, 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 whatever. Yeah. Right. And if you notice that I'm saying whatever, 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 five digits, right? Five digits. Five, right? <laughs> well, in and this case, there was a six-digit dot yes. five in this in this star date. I yes. wrote it down. I left it in the other room, but it's it like is star date. You ready for this? Yeah. Star date six zero seven one two five point six. Yeah, six digits point six. Right. Right. Now, now, listen. I I got this right here. The most recent star date we have is from Lower Decks first first contact. The like the last episode of Lower Decks that we've seen cuz Star Trek Picard doesn't have any star dates and Discovery season 3 doesn't have any star dates. But okay. first first contact from Lower Decks mm-hmm. is star date 58130.6. So 58,000. This star date for this episode is 607,000. Yep. So Holy crap. Where did that come from? So, here we go. So, the start date that you just mentioned from first first contact, okay? Start date 58130.6. Mm-hmm. That get that, that if they're pl- still playing by the rules of the start date system from the next gen era onward, then we are looking at Saturday, October 24th. 2381 at 10:13 at night. Okay, so 2381, right? Yes. Okay. So October 2000 uh yeah, um October 2381. Now, obviously I have a uh, of a converter. I have a calculator <laughs> here. I looked this up. I looked it up on multiple calculators out there. So with the star date that was given at the beginning of this episode, again, star date 607125.6 is equivalent um, to Saturday, September 11th, 2979. There are there isn't there are multi- other converters out there, um, which um, the one that I th- this one on trekguide.com is the one that I use all the time for star dates. Um, that you hear um, at the beginning of our content episodes whenever those come out on the sevens. But, um, so this is the one that I, I'm using the most. Um, so like I said, this one was 29.79. There's others that put it at like 29.34. 
regardless of what it ends up being, we're looking at 30th century. Yeah, we're looking at a long time. We, I mean, we're looking at 600 years in the future from when Lower mm-hmm. Decks ends. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that we were lead to believe that this took place in, like, the 2380s. I thought that's what somebody told us or we'd heard, right, from... And I think we were all kind of, like, at the first few episodes of the show, a little confused as to when does this show take place? Like, that Chakotay could have become the captain, this ship could have got back to the Delta Quadrant. We were all very confused. And I think I'm confused in a different way now. Well... Even beyond that, Eric, um, I had sent both of you um, a text, I think it was uh, Tuesday night in, in our group chat, that there was a screen screen grab from a Twitter post that um, uh, the, the Hagemans did, right? Like the, the people behind Prodigy. And they're, and they're talking about what this production company did to create the protostar even. And so this, this is where like I'm getting confused also because um, the tweet says, and the third, I guess this was uh, the 17th of January uh, of 2022. So they said, when we first saw what territory created for our ship, it blew our minds. Check their website out to explore the USS Protostar's screen graphics and interfaces. When you look at the the post by territory, the folks that created the Protostar, the CG company or whatever, it says, Star Trek Prodigy, the first fully CG Star Trek series, is a new chapter. Set more than 350 years in the future, and focusing on six young aliens, blah, 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 blah. So we got we have some weird stuff going on. Well, Chase, it says more than 350 years in the future. Mm-hmm. 600 years is more than 350. Thank you. It is, yeah. <laughs> it definitely is. So they're not wrong. That's, that's that's some good math you got there, Eric. You should be like a math teacher I, or something. I know, right? Good grief, man. Dang. Well, it, it, it starts to knock some questions in there, doesn't it? Um, you know, we had kind of speculated about how long the Protostar was actually down in this little cave and so forth. Now it appears that it probably was a very long time ago. Or uh, does the protostar have a time component to itself? Um, and also, you know, kind of like we, we've also chatted about, uh, you know, some of these alien species being in weird places in space. You know, yeah. why are they in this quadrant? Well, long time might have passed and there could have been more expansion and stuff like that different means of travel although there was a weird sort of travel dynamic uh, between our our sort of in quotations bad guy and our, our younger you know our kids on the protostar uh, talking about like months to get there uh, to where they had eventually wound up which I found a bit interesting um, but yeah I, I think it starts to answer some questions, but also kind of creates some new questions as to where they could be going with all this. Uh, however, the, the somewhat unfortunate and somewhat morbid uh, thing it brings up here, this ship had a crew at one point. 
And yeah. if it winds up being that that ship has basically been entombed for a very long time, it means that our crew probably isn't around anymore. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of hope for the time component because that means they're still alive. Yeah, the real Captain Chicote is not. We're not going to find him on the next planet in jail or deserted or somewhere. Unless, <laughs> unless, unless we're dealing with like t- a time travel story, which I know David loves a good time travel oh story. God, I, hate, I hate time so much. I know. I I just <laughs> recently listened to all of the um, the the Coda the Coda episodes that you guys did. I listened to all three of them. And David, <laughs> man, you were like <laughs> it, it, it. You know what? And and it, it does merit a bit of a clarification. It depends on the time story. I, I you know. When it, it, it's all about choice, I, I really hate the idea of predestination, you know, where everything is just funneling to one event that you can't control. Whereas in this episode, you could. And it was the same with, um, what, what was what was the episode, the TNG episode you mentioned where they were in the time loop? Cause and effect. Cause, Cause and effect. With Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. yeah. Same, same thing. They could learn, they could advance through a time loop. So it was... You know, th- there's there's a matter of choice there. It's just where things are preset, predetermined. I just don't like thinking about it. Well, there we go. Mm-hmm. That's the show, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what me explaining my time, my time hatred for like the five millionth time? No, I mean, but you clearly, you, clear, you clearly like <laughs> Back to the Future, though. Yeah, well, that's a little different, you know. It, 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 you know, again, you have a cause and effect. If you kiss your mom, then something bad's gonna happen in the future. Well, so if you your mom, if your, your mom kisses you, right? Uh, well, okay, all right, all right, fine. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a a big ball of David. Well, this is a, wibbly this, wobbly, timey wimey stuff. When's that podcast, Chase? Twenty twenty six. David, this is off yeah, topic, yeah, the, but you ever, have you ever read Slaughterhouse Five? A very long time okay, ago, like right. grade school. Okay, type of stuff. right. Nonlinear aliens were caught in some sort of time loop. <laughs> Fantastic story, <laughs> Slaughterhouse Five. Go read it if you're a science fiction fan. Okay, but the Doctor Who podcast, yeah, that's coming out fall 2026, first quarter 2027, something like that. <laughs> yeah, how's that for a backdoor pilot for you? <laughs> just keeps adding on. That's right. I'm going to create my own podcast empire. <laughs> Too soon? Too soon? <laughs> but yeah, like... There, there has to be. I mean, we we know uh, from other interviews that um, they've they've talked about time travel being a thing in this show. Now, when it pops up, I don't know. Um, but to me, like this is going to sound really dumb. Uh, maybe some listeners will appreciate it or not. But like, it, it it to me it helps with understanding why we have so many doggone uniform combat changes from show to show. Like, this just, like, helps me out a little bit because, like, I think I was talking about this um, in, a, in a recent discussion that we had. Like, 
that's the thing about like these shows like there are very subtle changes right uh with like the uniform like just to kind of make it its own for like whatever show it is um like voyager we had like the um the provisional ranks like the maquis war um even the combats change with like the movie and like the like generations and the jumpsuits and the stuff like that like very subtle changes but like not rock your world like why doesn't like why is everyone wearing different uniforms basically um so i i like that i like that we we're getting like a little bit i i mean as annoying as it is like just tell me the things like i really am enjoying this like like very slow storytelling no i shouldn't say very slow but just this slower storytelling for the most part so man like that was just, we've spent like all that time just on like 10 seconds of the show man well i think it's important i yeah. do too eric Should we keep on going? Yeah, can we move a fox and a chicken across a river? Have you have you solved the have you solved the riddle yet? By the way. Well, I mean, you can you can go back, right? Yeah. That's that's the trick, right? You, it's not just take everything over in one trip. It's bring things back with you. I mean, that's that's a easy one of these little riddle tricks. Mm-hmm. Which seems to kind of be an important idea in the rest of this episode. <laughs> no. No. No what? way. Teamwork? It wasn't just Working together? It wasn't just a random thing thrown in there. It actually means something. Yes, Life Eric. Lessons? Eric. <laughs> were you even paying attention with this episode, man? I mean, do you even Star Trek? I don't. Do I Star Trek? You do not Star Trek. I do not. Star you do Trek. not boldly go and make it so, my man. Okay. I'll need to get on Goodness. That. You know, henceforth you are demoted. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. You're 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 a cadet now. You need to go back to school oh. and pay attention. Oh man! <laughs> Jeez, what a demotion! <laughs> it's a demotion. I, th- I think I think you would have to court martial him for that. Like, where's you know the what? trial, man? You know what? That's like ensign, first officer, mother of dragons. You know, world champion. <laughs> Yep. You need you need to you need to watch it too. That's like I might in, just like bump you back to special. In all those cop, in all those cop movies where the cops threaten to go rogue and the captain's like, if you don't get, drop this case right now, I'm busting your butts back to traffic duty, right? Turning your Cross, gun in your crossing badge. guard duty. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like taken straight out of like what Lethal Weapon three or something. Yeah, I think so. But I mean that's that's <laughs> like movie. classic uh, like threat, right? Yeah. All right. So after we have Janeway drop some knowledge on us, uh, Hollow Janeway drop some knowledge on us regarding a star date. Thanks, Janeway. Uh, we're we're in the the holodeck and we're we're doing some some uh, some low ropes team building activities uh, with a boat, a fox, a chicken, and some grain, trying to figure out a riddle and build teamwork and stuff. And people you know, getting froze. Yeah. No, I was just going to say one thing that I did like, because I, I think we talked about it a bit last week with the whole, you know, terrible first contact scenario, and it looked like Janeway was maybe a little mad. Well, she's not taking that that course, like the vengeful computer course. She's trying to re-educate, trying to continue to train them, which I really like, mm-hmm. um, because that's a trope that gets used so often, it, it seems like. But now... Janeway's entire 
mission here is just to make them better. Learn from your mistakes, um, which is what you would do with cadets. I mean, cadets are going to make mistakes, and at times pretty severe mistakes. I mean, <laughs> Wesley Crusher. But anyway, you have... Still you have... Uh, yeah, yeah. But it, it just, it, it was it was nice to see that, you know, again, they're, they're kind of keeping this on a, on a learning path. Yeah, and, and not just that, like to your point, David, about being a vengeful computer program, but even after their frustration of like this riddle program thing, I mean, they finally, I mean, Dow, like just confesses like, we're not cadets, man. And, I like that too. Yeah. Like the honesty, like you're really, I mean, even though it's slow-ish, and I mean, it's eight episodes so far, but there's growth, even in Dow, like going from like this, like rogue, um, I'm all about me to kind of changing a little bit, like having some, some not just like character growth, but character growth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that like Hollow Janeway could have like just lost her, her collective mind and you know, algorithms and stuff and like just done horrible things to them. But like she handled it very well and like ended up having a sidebar with, um, I think it was zero if I'm not mistaken. Well, yeah, she, she, but then we see the conversation that she's having with Jankum and she's like, you may not be cadets, but it's still my mission to help you here. Right. Right. And it's, um, even before we get to Jankum, you know, like people just, ultimately split and um, if I'm getting things out of order forgive me but we have Gwyn who's kind of staring out like a, like a window looking at this storm that's taking place and Jankum comes in and starts talking about like kind of how disappointed and sad he was about like the fact that we spilled the beans because like his I mean his heart and his desire is to get back to the Federation so that, that he can at least have a better life Yeah, and he, so that the crew and, can have a better life and here's life. my question yeah. Like, why does this mean they can't go back to the... Fe- is this just, like, the thinking of someone whose brain is not developed, a child, a teenager? Like, like I feel like you can still go back to the Federation after this. They're not going to be like, you stole our ship. You can't come back. Like, that was that's the thought that Dal has always been, like, having this entire time. They're going to accuse us of stealing a ship, and they're going to yep. they're going to put us in jail. But like, yeah. I, I like I, I, like you can still go back to the Federation at this point if that's what you choose to do. Yeah. the The only thing though that it, it starts to uh, to make me wonder, because of this whole time component, what is the Federation now? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so so we're we're in the twenty nine hundreds. When is when is conceivably discovery? Uh, uh, 32nd century. uh, 3187. Okay, okay. So Federation would still be there because the the burn was 100 years before. Yeah, yeah, we're about 200 years before Discovery, before Burnham shows up, and that was about 100 years after the burn. So we're still 100 years from the But we would be in that decline of the Federation that that we learned about leading up to that. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I, I think I think with Eric's point there, it does seem more like a, a sort of a juvenile attitude. But it, it, just in the grander scheme of things, 
Like, I, I, I guess I was just thinking about, like, so what else is going on in space? Like, are there are there stories, uh, again, to Eric's point, are there stories of decline at this point? Are there stories where, you know, oh, they're going to punish you, <laughs> you know? So it, it, it might be a symptom of, of the time, but also just they are roughly, most of them are roughly children. How old is Jankum? Are we considering him a kid? I thought I mean, he was, I just kind of considered him older. I, I, I feel like, like Dal and Gwyn would be around like the 15, 16, 17 range. That's just what yeah. I thought with them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't really thought about that much. I just had a thought. But what what if... The you know like how um, the like in in Discovery season three that we we learned about like the whole time travel being like outlawed and it being like an issue and stuff like that like is anyone else thinking that perhaps Prodigy like the show Prodigy and like the Protostar may have played some part in the t- in the in temporal that wars? decision. Yeah, like at that point, at that point in the timeline. I didn't think about that, no. <laughs> this is what happens. You're just when trying think. to make everything connected, right? Create this connect, well, connected I'm not. universe. No, I'm not. I mean, that was like the plan that, um, what was it, Kurtzman had with like part of like the the idea with what he's calling the Star Trek universe is trying to make like use the Star Trek property mm-hmm. and turn it into like the MCU basically right how like in discovery last season he mentioned like the Romulan mining ship that crossed over into a different universe right yeah I don't know. Some some connecting of the dots is fine, and then other times just seems like you're trying too damn hard. That seems like a real try hard mode right there. If I'm being honest with you, regardless of whether it is like setting up a Star Trek um, connected universe or, or whatever, um, I would personally enjoy. I mean, I, I if it's done right, I would really like to read about like some thirtieth. 31st century stories of like the decline like the the fracturing pre-burn fracturing of yeah. the I mean Federation. we got we got yeah, some of that know, li- in the book that you guys always forget right there's that like journal right you don't remember it obviously like, oh, like yeah, there was yeah. like you know we were the the long year yeah Burnham the long year Burnham yes. book there was like a journal that we found from somebody who was like describing like what was happening on their planet, uh, like the break, like the breakdown, pre-burn, but like yeah, it like if we had a whole book of stories like that, I think that would be interesting. Yeah, it, you know, but but from a literary sense, we normally always get like some sort of recap of the decline. I mean, it's not too often that a story is centered around a decline. It's always like a drifter in the wilderness finds a lost VHS tape (laughs) and he has just enough battery to power the old VHS to watch as the world burned 
from a camcorder or something stupid like that. I mean, would that be cool? Yes, it would be cool. But how many times do we honestly see those stories getting written, written down? That's not just some sort of recap for another character's understanding of events. Well, I mean, it becomes complicated to tell multiple stories of the breakdown. You know, I think we just have to try harder, do better. <laughs> the Chronicles. Do gooder. Do better. No, do gooder. Obviously, you <laughs> neither one of you caught that reference. All right, we'll we'll do talk better. about it later. Okay. I love a good sidebar. <laughs> okay, so there is a a storm that they're watching, and I I, I love the comment that Jankum puts like. I thought it was just a physical representation of how I was thinking and feeling. That <laughs> <laughs> was, was just gold. I love that yeah, so that much. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, and and so it's it's affecting time. It's affecting gravity, right? Uh, what they say it was a tachyon storm, yeah, a tachyon right? Tachyon storm. Yeah, it was a tachyon storm. Beautiful, by the way. It was a beautiful yeah. storm. And I have a question. Why did they fly Dang. directly into this tachyon storm? <laughs> like it didn't because they're all it, sad and they don't know which direction to point. It didn't look ship. very big, right? To me, it looked like it would have been pretty easy. Let's just steer around this instead of going into this big thundercloud in space. <laughs> I mean, what? No one was at the console though. Like they were all spread out doing their thing. Don't so, you think like, it could have been like? Beep, 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 red alarm. Okay, keep going, Chase, before I distracted you. Yeah, there was something about something. Okay, so this this beautiful storm's taking place, um, and thus we're thrown into some some time travel stuff here in a moment. But it's the it's the comment that gravity is um, basically getting messed up, and gravity is the only thing that's really keeping the proto drive in check keeping it stable basically so Jankum rushes as fast as he can over to it to look at it and then we get this like purple wispy wall cloud thing that hits through the entire ship basically affecting people wherever they are and we find out that it's it's uh, essentially like thrown people into different like temporal fractured Moments. I think that's the best way to describe it, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, t- yeah, one, ahead, one just one just little tiny small part there because it factors in later, just before that, as we were doing our fox and chicken chase. Gwen calls Rock Talk their security person, right, or security officer, and she doesn't like that. So that factors in later, and I, and I think that there. are there are kind of some potential important lessons for later about where they actually fit in. Like, you know, Jankum is, is kind of an engineer, but is that really what he wants to do? I feel like that, that old boy wants to hit some phasers every once in a while. So, but that was just kind of like a really small thing that I just remembered as, as you were, as you were saying. The, yeah. The I appreciate that. Yeah. Cause like rock talk makes like a big deal. Like, don't call me that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Um, through this, like when we 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 find out like that people are at different points in time, here in a moment. But 
the problem that it, that needs to be overcome in this particular episode is not just teamwork, but it's the fact that we're all going to die if this if this containment isn't yeah, taken our care. Warp core lost so, containment essentially. Right. Yep. But we have a tiny little baby star that's going to essentially make the ship go supernova. Mm-hmm. Essentially, if it's not taken care of, and Jankum is realizing this, like he's like, I got it. I know what we need to do. It, it's going to take us 10 minutes to do it, basically. Or we have 10 minutes to do it. And it's, I can do this. I just need to, and then, like, he thinks he has 10 minutes, but it's like five seconds for him, and like, boom. And we're, we're moving, we're moving, we're moving. But Janeway, even hollow Janeway is being impacted, which I have questions about that. Like, how does a program get impacted? I mean, I get it's a story, but, like, I, I don't know. I yeah, know. I mean, it's just like how does like how does the doctor make physical contact with the objects, right? Photons and force fields, mm-hmm. right? There's got to be some physical manifestation of the hologram, right? That presumably can be affected. Yeah. Well, through this, like people are at different parts of the ship and I'll get to like the diviner and the dreadnought thing here in a moment but they're at different points of the ship which plays an important role in terms of a realization that one of our characters has about how time hasn't impacted folks um, so I think it was what um, Jankum Pog it was then um, it was Rock Talk from Rock Talk it was Zero and then Zero no it went to uh, Murph uh, I think Murph, Murph, I'm sorry. Murph, then Zero. Yeah. And then it was, then was it, was da- it, uh, it was, Dal, Gwyn, or was it Dal, Gwyn, Dal? Then Dal, Gwyn. and then Gwen. Yeah. Then Gwen. Okay. Um, throughout all this stuff, as they're, like, trying to figure out, like, where everyone went, why things are happening the way they are, um, the Diviner is, like, really pissed off that the ship got away. They're still trying to find the ship, and freaking Nandi from last week's episode is like, hey... Here's a here's a little hail for you. Let you know that they're they're over here. If you're still looking for them, can I have some money now, please? Give me the money. How? Okay, I have a question. Can yes, Chase. Chase. Thank you. I'm raising my hand. I'm trying to be. I'm trying Mr. to be respectful. McKinney. How do you? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> well, we we Ooh. at our school we have to call all their students by their last name, Mister or Miss. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 Okay. So, um, I know they did it with, like, Project Pathfinder and Voyager, like, doing, like, some crazy deep space, you know, messaging, hardcore text messaging going on. But how are we sending a giant data file, potentially, from the one corner of the Delta Quadrant to another corner of the... Are talking about with, like, Dreadnought being... Okay, yeah. well, I I thought that it was weird at first, but I think it has something to do with when Dreadnought was on the Protostar before. Like, because we know, we saw him last week, he was in the background of the, the screen grab during the attack behind Chakotay. Yeah. So he's been on the ship yeah. before, so I... I explained it away to there's they're gonna tell us something about what happened when he was on the ship before because if you notice he says to Janeway right 
Oh, yeah, that's almost what happened, but not exactly. And the show is giving us little bits and pieces before I think it'll finally tell us the whole story. All right, Eric. All right. All right. Wave your wand. Okay. I just thought it was weird, and if they explain it, cool. If not, okay. Whatever. I just... No, I think that's one that, that'll definitely be explained, but, you know, it can... It would just have to be one of two ways. I mean, we all we already know that, you know, the, the whole, like, diviner's language was already in there and that's how Gwen sort of got in here and that's how they found the you know the the little home videos and everything so like kind of comes down to maybe was this project involved the diviner in the in the in the very beginning you know that was were they like partner I think we talked about this before were they original partners in the in this project at one point in the diviner uh, double crossed them or something like that or is it just as simple as they were on the ship at one point were able to put like a data spike in there and gain some sort of control because I mean at this point maybe the 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 dreadnought file was already technically present somewhere in the computer and they're just sending a signal to say reactivate type of deal you know like a dormant sleeper program or something do you think that they did something like um, like the whole message in a bottle like they did in um, Voyager where they're maybe they've triggered like a program to replicate like the dreadnought body but they've like somehow like done like a like a system restore like file or whatever for like the memory the consciousness of Dreadnought yeah something like that yeah let's go with yeah. that let's go, go with it. it it's great okay moving on no moving on I love um, this so when when Janeway is jumping through time here right she meets up with Zero who's figured it out right cause Zero's like the smart yeah. one on the ship not that some of the others aren't smart but like Zero's the, like the smart one <clears throat> um he's like Time is oscillating like a damped sine wave. And, like, come on. I love, like, good math terms, right? When you're not just using, like, throwing in the word quantum in front of everything or a bunch of just mumbo-jumbo that doesn't make any sense, right? You know? Yeah, but I like mumbo-jumbo you know, like, that doesn't make positronic. sense. You positronic. Like, what does that even mean, right? Like, okay, Data's got a positronic brain, Okay. Right, We've got right. Heisenberg compensators. Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, when you use the term, like, a damped sine wave, right? Because time is oscillating, right? Anything that oscillates or makes a wave, you can represent by a sinusoidal function. And you can easily put a damping factor on it. And it literally looks exactly like the picture that they drew on the screen where you've got the, the sine wave and then the peaks and valleys or the maxes and the mins, right, become smaller and they become closer to each other. And, like, good math science explanations. I was very happy with that. Yeah, the only, the only thing from, like, a realistic standpoint, and, again, not to be a nitpicker, She's Zero's explaining all this when you know, it's like you're trying to draw this schematic. Oh, my hands aren't working. I wish I had better hands on my little body suit. And it's like, 
Oh, but by the way, I'm going to let, let's go ahead and have Professor Zero time. <laughs> <laughs> just made me laugh a little bit. Can you just uh, like complete what you're doing, maybe? Yeah, the whole the whole Zero conversation was one of my, my favorite moments from this episode. Um, I don't know math as well as Eric. I can do one, one is equals three, and, and, that, and that's, that's all <laughs> I can For very large okay, values so. of one. Yes, <laughs> he just he he's he's mathing you right now. Don't engage. Don't, don't engage the math. <laughs> there are imaginary numbers now. What There's is this? There's been imaginary crap? numbers for hundreds of years. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, like in her, it uh, in zeros. Sorry, not her. In zeros. Um, dying moment um starts to say i wish they knew how much i care and then boom um explosion time which takes us to the next member of of the crew our captain and uh good old captain playing video playing, games playing that's what i'm like talking about man let's go some snake game on his tablet oh like you never played the snake game on <laughs> no. your uh ti yeah i like that call out yeah <laughs> totally played the snake game what, what back in my on what, windows 98 quick. or windows 95 or whatever you, you're nokia phone just, <laughs> just one, one indestructible yeah one real quick thing so we we did get to rock talk but rock talk being sort of in her state of current state of development was not willing to help and also sort of made Janeway go away, which then, you know, you, you trigger into the next event. Just wanted to mention that real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, we did well. skip over that, right? We went from Jankum to Rock Talk, and Rock Talk was not interested at all in helping. Yeah. David's doing a great job of being the Rock Talk advocate right now. I'm really trying because I've been super hard on the character because I'm like, why Why is she here? You know what I mean? It's like It was like becoming Murph for me a little bit. It's like, why Why is the indestructible slug well, here? Well, Murph is like Chopper, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> the mascot. The because, mascot. Because, because, Cho- because Chopper actually helps. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> Move, move on to Dal. There you go. It's Dal time. Yeah, and so the schema- so like all these pieces, like we've had, we've been basically like handing stuff down to the next person to pick up and run with, and you know we we know how much, we know what needs to happen. Um, we've we know that we need some kind of containment unit. Here, here's a schematic to to do something with, which. Is right up Dal's alley. Well, I mean, he's he's all about being well. Actually, very creative and like piecing Dal, things Dal, together. Dal, this Dal says when at first he's like, "You want me to build that? I can't do that." And Janeway is like, "You can do that. You absolutely can do that." And I love this moment, like where she comes up next. There was a moment in early Earth space travel history. Here we right? go. I love this. Apollo too. thirteen. So much. Right, like. They had they had a problem and they got the smartest people in the room together and they figured it out, right? They had, you know, a, a ticking clock essentially, right? They had they had to use their brains, they had to be ingenuitive and there was no there was no choice. They just had to get it done. And I literally I just watched Apollo thirteen like the other day. I, right? 
It's it's one of my favorite movies. That that's that is the sole reason. And I, I I really do think that that might be one of the the genesis reasons of me ever wanting to step into anything yeah. sci-fi. No, but I, like I literally I just watched it the hmm. other day because on the Lisa's podcast that was the most recent episode. That okay. Yeah. yeah. Little love yeah. to you, Lisa. Go check out I Love That Movie yeah. podcast. Yeah. Great, Most great content over there, by the way. Most recent episode over there. There we go. I, I mean, I, I, do, I did absolutely love yeah, that. I, I thought she like, was going to talk how, about some, in. like, Zephram Cochran thing or, so, or, so, yeah. <laughs> or something, which goes yeah. back to politics. Yeah. She's like, oh, that's so much better. Because I feel <laughs> like because we can relate world. to it in our real world. Yeah, which here's the thing. We, I, I, as much as we love the show, like I think we forget sometimes. Like this, this show is made for for an, a much younger audience than us. So, like, not only are we, is the show, you know, introducing Star Trek concepts like Prime Directive, right? Um, even time travel and tachyons and stuff like that. But now, actual history, which is fantastic. And, and just a just a soapbox, just for a quick second here, um, I, I I feel like there's a lot less curiosity in people nowadays, and you know, I think there was a really really bad time in television when everything basically became a sitcom. Sitcoms don't really require you to think; you're just there to laugh with the track. You're there to you know, view the goofy things that people do. Maybe a comedian's on there. They tell you jokes and it's, it's no offense, but it's, it's usually lower brow humor stuff that doesn't necessarily make you think about stuff. I really enjoy that. We have a kid's show that is putting in things that are not made up. If it was a Zephram Cochran line, how's a kid necessarily going to be able to connect to it? Unless they watch more Star Trek, which is great. But if you put in real world stuff, I mean, you guys remember because we've talked about it when we were kids, Space Camp. Space Camp was like the, oh, yeah. the thing and it was, it was I think, advertised I think Space all Camp over the place in Columbus. after like Apollo 13, the movie came out. Yeah. <laughs> the late 90s. Yeah. But it, the other thing, I mean, there was, there was a place called COSI, which was a science center in downtown Columbus that all the kids would go to. I loved going down there. But just just integrating little historical things in a kid's show, maybe it would make somebody think. Maybe it'd make a kid like go on the Google machine that can, you know, is a sum of all knowledge and actually look up something that could advance the next scientist or astronaut or, or just somebody going into engineering. Yeah. Um, you know, learning about everything that had to go into that particular potential disaster, but allowed those guys to actually come home. So I, I, I really, really like that tie in for a lot of different reasons. For sure. I mean, like we're the, we're the, like our age range, our, our, our age group. I mean, we grew up on like freaking Bill Nye, the science guy. Right. And like, where in the world is Carmen the San Diego and other yeah. magic school bus right like we were inundated with fun creative after school learning and like we were kind of like duped into not in, into it right like we didn't realize that we were actually <laughs> learning something we just thought it was like a fun show yeah. but yeah like I miss that kind of stuff I, I miss that kind of stuff and I'm, I'm so glad it made it in this episode but Dal 
is not sure of himself and after a little bit of a pep talk he you know scraps stuff together and he's pretty stinking proud of himself up to the point where he tries to connect it and it's like shoot we're missing a piece yeah. I failed you didn't fail no, you didn't fail you, you you move the football down right. the field a little bit more you figured that's, something that's out right yep. we, we didn't know this was missing now we know it's missing and we can fix it the next time Right, you're not always gonna get things yep. right the first time, but you know, no. you, you you did something, and now we can move forward and learn from that. As as much as you might want to to knock it out the first time, it's it's not not a reality, and that and that is a wonderful lesson for a younger audience. It's not going to be perfect the first time mm-hmm. you attempt it. If it is, fantastic. That's yeah. not always reality. Uh, which brings us, of course, to Gwyn, who um, is trying to find this um, this coupler, this dilithium coupler, I mm-hmm. believe is what it was called. And um, looking all over the place and finds one, but it's not the right size. Okay. And that's when um, our good well, old buddy I think, Dreadnought I think, I think 2.0 maybe I want to take a step pops back up. just right before that. Like, yeah. at first, Dal you know before he even says i can't do this and we get to the apollo 13 thing he's like oh well i've got this schematic i can plug it into the vehicle the vehicle maker right right he tries to do that first but he's like there's a really big file that just got stored in this that's taking up all the buffer space and i can't do anything with this i don't know what that means and then then we we have have dreadnought yeah 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 and um, I'm sorry that we're jumping around people in listener land, but one thing I, I, I want to make sure that I point out, especially if you haven't seen it for some reason, or you, maybe you just didn't understand it, is the fact that depending on where you were positioned in the ship, like with the oscillating time, time moves either very fast or very slow, depending where you are. So that's why, you know, the buffering thing was an issue for Dow. And why it wasn't as much of a of a thing when we get to Gwyn, which is why Dreadnought now pops up, because the Dreadnought 3D printer basically um, was closer to normal speed in terms of building compared to like a snail's pace for Dow, which is why the buffering thing didn't work. So I just wanted to clarify that just real quick. I know Eric mentioned the math thing here a little bit, and like the even like the um, the schematic of like how the ship is moving. Um, on like that circle so I just want to clarify that but yeah Dreadnought shows up um, trying to to get some stuff trying to um, just you know cause problems essentially and like is throwing Gwen around like a rag doll and realizing that you know he needs a piece to be able to do something with the ship and it's the same piece that we need like, like well, with yeah, the containment well, and everything. So he well, rips he's, open he's a wall. Well, he's trying. Once, once he, like, is, I'm going to take over the ship. But then Gwen's like, you're not going anywhere. This ship's going to blow up. He's like, oh, well, I'll just fix mm-hmm. the problem. But I think right. even before right. that, he walks onto the bridge and he, like, recognizes Janeway. And Janeway recognizes her, hologram Janeway. It's like, you, you attacked my crew. She's like, Janeway, I'm surprised you even remember you deleted my memory. Eh, not exactly. That's not exactly what happened. Something close. And then he goes into, like, the Chakotay voice. He's like, deactivate 
Janeway hologram authorization code, whatever he says. It's like, whoa, where did he get mm-hmm. the command codes to this ship? Wouldn't it be interesting if it wasn't the real Chakotay and it was a program Chakotay? I did think that actually, David. And they were just using programs and it was... Uh, I'm trying to think of... There was something kind of close to that, but I'm not... So I'm you not want the whole ship now. to be run by computer programs, not actual people? Well, well, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kind of wondering... I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a way that you bring Chakotay back into this fold in some way, shape, or form that isn't morbid. <laughs> you know, like here is his grave where we buried him. You know that sort of thing. <laughs> I don't know. May- may- maybe as we advance, I-, I can think more on that. But anyway, sorry. Continue. <laughs> no, I mean, but then you know he gets he finds the dilithium coupler. And he fixes it, but then Gwyn's like, "You ain't taking this shit from me." Airlock open. <laughs> yep. And he flies yeah. out into space, but unfortunately, the warp matrix flies out into space as well before she's able to close the airlock yep. down, and so she can't fix the ship now. No. But hey, Eric, you get another captain's log or another yeah. log no, entry. No, I, I love this part, too. When when Gwen, she's like, she sits down, she's like, computer, like, record record log. And then, like, we don't see what she's saying right away. But then we get it. We get yeah. it later. Right. Much. Yeah, not, not too much later. It's at this point that um, that rock, that rock talk is completely by herself. You know the, the the one the character that is the youngest, the most unsure of themselves is now faced with the heavy burden of having to do what needs to be done to save the ship, essentially. And uh, yeah, but we see her. We see her. She's, she's alone, and we see like a lots of like alone. food bowls that are just like all over the place. That you know, a long, long time. time, and like. Earlier, I we skipped over. David wanted to tell us like she was like Janeway, go away at the one point because I I don't want I'm not la 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 don't don't la 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 don't make me fix this ship and she said Janeway, go away and now we see her just sitting here. She's like Janeway, come back, Janeway, come back, and the the ship's computer's like that program is no longer available, but she you can tell yeah, like yeah. she's like sad and alone probably blaming herself too a lot of guilt here I think she's feeling and we kind of when she she is able to bring Janeway back and we see the scratches on the window like assuming days weeks months well well she said you know your program wasn't deleted from the buffer I was just able to bring it back she says it only took me yeah. 276 tries. 296. I was watching it with subtitles, and I'm pretty sure the subtitles said 276. Okay. It, was a it was a lot. A lot of tries. Almost 300. 
But again, was that a try per day, a try every other day, one mm-hmm. try a week? You know, I mean, le- legitimately, we could be talking, you know, potentially like she, she's been alone for years. And even when we are able to resolve our kind of issue here, Janeway even says, you know, how long has she been alone? Too long. Too long. You know. Well, well, if we assume that um, Jankum and Rock Talk are on the same exact point, but opposite parts of our damp sine curve, right? Right. They both are the same distance from the midline. Let's if we make that assumption, right? And then Jankum said ten minutes, but it was five seconds, right? We could do the math to figure out, right? Where? <laughs> Please. How do long the math. she might have been there? Come on, buddy. <laughs> do it now. I can give you a whiteboard. I can give you a whiteboard. I'll, like uh, I'll, I'll I'll take off my headphones. I'll go figure it out. I'll come back. <laughs> well, you know that. Post. <laughs> oh, God. There you go. <laughs> yeah, th- there there was there were a couple themes here that I think are worth talking about, and probably the reason why I I really enjoyed this episode a lot more than than really much of anything I've been watching lately you and and I'm kind of I'm actually kind of interested in in some of this from like a father's perspective so from your your perspective Chase you just had these young people confront their own mortality yeah each of them died aside from rock talk and her theme was loneliness overcoming adversity which is in its own way extremely difficult but you know Dal Dal was so close he was within one small part of of completing his mission and he had to accept the fact that he had to trust the next person in line Jankum being an engineer understood that this thing was going to blow and while he thought he had more time he knew the eventuality of what could happen if he failed you know Murph is a blob I have no idea what happened with him Zero you know the you know you already said her parting thought so it was already ingrained that well I'm trying here's my part gotta move it down the line so each of these you know young people have confronted mortality they have died and even then when they come back like Jenkins says I remember not being alive or something like that it's like where's the ship's counselor <laughs> I mean how, how, how do you reconcile with yourself knowing that you had had died and even the decision made that you made to just continue work while you know knew that you were going you know even Gwen at the end recording the message to be able to send to Rock Talk effectively saying you know you know things got complicated I couldn't do it but taking that that moment to do that before she too met her her end um while I I, it wasn't it wasn't heavy-handed at all I think it was done really really well I know you watch us with your kid and she's you know very young and I know kids are watching this it, it's it, it's it's kind of a heavy thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we haven't. My my daughter didn't 
talk about any of that tonight or anything, but like, I, I remember not to, okay, so I've talked about this before, but since we're talking about like death, like when my mom died almost a year ago, that was an interesting conversation to have. Um, like, how do you tell at the time, you know, like a three-year-old that grandma's gone type of thing? And how do you tell them before they go to daycare when everyone at the daycare, which is also our church, knows that she's gone too? Like, you have to, like, run interference. And, um, like, she understands that, like, grandma's not coming back. I don't think she fully comprehends like the whole idea of like death being like like having this finality to it, this aspect of finality to it depending on your worldview of course um but i appreciated how it was handled um it wasn't i don't think they dumbed it down i don't think they made it too um you know too over the head for the audience that's watching this um I mean, honestly, I hadn't really given it much thought even until you, you just mentioned it, David, to be completely frank with you. Uh, but I thought it was handled well, just like a lot of the other topics and conversations were handled well in this episode. So I, I know that probably doesn't answer your question, but it is no, what it I, is. Yeah, it is, it is what it is. It was, it was just a very, it was a mature thing, and I think they handled it maturely, and I think that they, you know, included that sort of growth in these characters to make them a bit more mature than, you know, sometimes we see in our daily lives, you know, so I, I thought it was a, a, a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love the message that Gwen, I mean, we, 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 like Gwen sits down there and she's like, listen, Rock Talk, we need you, right? We need you, right? We've all tried. I tried. We couldn't get it done. We need you to do this, right? And, you know, Rock Talk is originally, she's like, I'm, I can't do this. I can't do this. But then, yeah, she pulls through and she does it. And it was, it was yeah. really, it was really great, you know? Well, like, know. even like the part where they're, they're standing at, um, the proto drive they're in the the heart of engineering and she's i mean like she built the thing like here's the thing like the 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 containment thing that everyone was like trying to like do and build and stuff like that for all we know like that could have been handled like a long long time ago but there was no message saying like oh yeah by the way plug it in here or do this thing over here <laughs> So all that time, like after the thing was built, was spent rebuilding Janeway's like hollow matrix, essentially, and, and reloading mm-hmm. the, the memory of it. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing that like really stood out to me, that really resonated with me, and it, it impacted me way more than I, I expected it to, both, both times I viewed this, was regardless of what happens, I'm proud of you just like like that that got me like i'm not i'm not gonna lie that that really got me like just that message um like i'm i'm proud of you like regardless of what happens i'm proud of you and it worked yeah it worked and everyone comes back and not only do we realize like like we have like these memories of like not being here right but we also find out that um rock talk who's like the youngest 
decided to teach herself some math, some some <laughs> computer programming. And yeah, yeah, I had to learn a lot, a lot, a lot of it. She's like a lot of math, a lot of math, a lot of math. So, and she's like, I think we need to have a talk about my position on the ship. Yeah, what do you think her? What yeah. do you think her position should be, Eric? I mean, what does she want it to be? I don't know. Not security. Not security. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't Maybe know. she can be I, a specialist. Chase. I don't know. I know, but I think we even skipped over it, a scene that I wanted to talk about too with Rock Talk. Is in all this time that she's like alone on the ship, she like went back to the holodeck and watched recordings of the. Yeah. Like, I guess they were recording the training exercise from the beginning, and I don't know if she was doing it for, like, companionship. I'm sure that was part of it, just to, like, yeah. see people. But, like, was she also using it as, like, a learning experience? Because she's like, we should have listened to Zero. He had the idea, and nobody was paying attention. Hmm. Yeah. But I just really like that, that she was, like, going back and watching those because she was just alone and that was something that helped her but I think it helped her in more than one way of just getting over the loneliness for sure you know and this is this is what not to soapbox again but this is what irritated me so much about discovery you know we're, we're, we're trying to constantly force down your throat that this is a family we're a family the ship's a family the ship is literally a part of the family now but when you when you never do <laughs> character development and shared stories and shared learnings and shared experiences where they are actually becoming an organic family or some sort of unit together, it means nothing when you tell me your family. Like the, these these kids and Janeway actually do feel kind of like a family now. They've they've learned together, they've grown together, they've had pain, they've had suffering. They literally all died. Well, except Rock Talk, you know, and and they're learning from these experiences and and continuing to push on and, and growing stronger bonds. That that just really hasn't been the case for Discovery, which kind of stinks because you could have done something similar. It just didn't happen that way, and that's why I kind of love this show so much so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Prodigy really. I think is is probably one of the strongest entries of the of the Kurtzman era, uh, if not the strongest entry of the Kurtzman era up to this point. And uh, I, I mean, we, I mean, regrettably, we have we have two more episodes uh, before a very long break uh, before we get the last half of season one later this fall. I mean, this, so. this show is delivering fully on the premise that it gave us, right? Like, 100%. a group of teenagers board a ship and have to learn how to make it work. 100%. Yeah. Um, any any other discussion stuff before we rock and roll into the eval stuff? I mean, I guess, we're, I guess we're left with the evil cliffhanger. Yeah. Right? Which is the head of of the 3D printed uh, Dreadnought. Yep. With his, yep. you know, Terminator eye turning on. Yeah. 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 Good old time dilation. this, boy? All right. Let's mm-hmm. let's do this. Let's get into the the evaluation piece. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and let's do some delta ratings. I know. I know y'all love doing deltas. 
Uh, if this is your first time listening, the Delta rating, we evaluate the different aspects of different divisions of Starfleet service, uh, starting with command, um, science, and um, also the engineering and operations stuff. So we're looking at leadership, we're looking at science, we're also looking at techno babble and making things work. So let's start with uh, Eric on this one. Engineering, operations. Yes, absolutely, right? <laughs> I mean, Jankum runs in, I know how to fix this, I know what to do, and he, go, he does, but he doesn't have time to do it, but he's the engineer, he knows how to fix it, right? Zero figures it out. He comes up with a, this, we have to build this to make it work, right? And then everybody else, you know, Dal and then Gwyn and then finally Rock Talk, they all make the thing, right? They're, they're engineering. They're doing it. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Science. Heck yeah. So here we are doing science, right? Yes, let's do science, right? I mean, we got a, we got a real damp, sine wave like i'm just i just i don't know why that makes me so happy but yeah and then rock talks like i learned a lot of math a lot of math (laughs) (laughs) yeah we got we got good science here and i mean the leadership is is not as much because you know we see dal he doesn't even realize that there's been a problem our supposed captain at this point he's like wait what are you talking about there's a problem on my ship we're just playing my game but like, there are other moments where I think Dal is pretty good when he, you know, he, at the beginning, he owns up to the fact that, hey, we're not cadets. This is not our ship. We lied to you. And that's a part of leadership is, you know, finally admitting things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I, damn, damn if Janeway wasn't awesome in this. Like, hey, you're not cadets. You're not a crew. I don't, I don't care. I'm responsible for you. I'm going to help you. And you can say that's just programming and her program is like designed to do that. But I, I, that means something. And she was there to be the mentor that every one of those characters needed in that moment to help them succeed on their mission. And she did it incredibly well. And that's just great leadership. So flying colors for this episode for everything from me. Okay. David, what do you got, man? Yeah, I mean, I'm just echoing the same things that Eric said. I mean, clearly the engineering and operations was there. Uh, Presented with a problem, come up with solution to problem, work on the solutions to the problem, solve the problem uh, from start to finish. So that that was was great to see. I feel like we've kind of dogged the uh, engineering and operations uh, here and there. But, uh, but yeah, that, that was for sure science, obviously, yeah, sign dampening waves and yeah, that sort of stuff, maths and things. Got it. Um, so obviously that, that's, that's really, uh, and I do agree with Eric. Sometimes it is really nice to have actual relatable terms into a specific science field as opposed to my constant need for a static warp shell. Um, and then leadership. Yeah, Janeway, as I mentioned in the in the very beginning, not going the ventral computer route, continuing to ter- to try and teach them, and then you know Dow's taking responsibility for lying to Janeway. Uh, that is as much of growing, growing your sort of 
leadership qualities and just your uh, taking that personal responsibility is super important. And everybody took their own personal responsibility. They, they all led by what they would want their example to be. But Janeway being the consummate uh, mentor for everybody was, was super important as well. So yeah, again, as Eric said, flying colors across the board for all of that. Fantastic. Yes to everything that everyone already said. I, I can't add any more. It, it was, um, I, I mean, I'll go, I think I'll go perhaps even a step further with this that I, I've said, I've made a comment like, you know, maybe this is like a, like a cadet or an ensign or a commander level of like a Delta from this division. Like there's no cadet anything about this. Like this was just handled very well. Like we were performing at like officer level Starfleet service type stuff as far as I'm concerned. So I'm singing this episode's praises when it comes to all divisions being represented very, very well. Big thumbs up on this. So that being said, let's move into our numerical rating, how we rate this episode. So again, scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing, perfect, whatever you want to call it. Okay, let's start with with Eric on this. I mean... I'm still flabbergasted by last week. David was like nine point five. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what is this? Like, I, I understand what he was saying. He's like, he's not rating it in comparison, like to the other shows. So I get, I get that. Um, but man, this episode was better than last week's episode. I thought. <laughs> oh, you just waited. <laughs> Yeah, like this show is just continuing to deliver. It, like we've had three absolutely just fantastic episodes right in a row, and I, I, how, how, I, I want this to keep this up. I want all my Star Trek to be this good, right? Knowing that it all can't be right because there are clunkers in there. But man, three, three incredibly solid episodes. Like not 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 solid. Three great episodes, like back to back to back to back, and man, you know I'm normally like <laughs> the Scrooge of the group here, but like I literally <laughs> cannot find anything wrong. To I can't find anything bad to say about this episode, other than it was too short, right? And like. I want. I would have want. I wanted more of it. Like you could. You could. I feel like if you tried to flush this out into like your forty-two minutes, you probably could have, and it probably still would have been just as good. Mm-hmm. Like so, my that's my only criticism. <laughs> and I know you're waiting for a number here, but like, it's not a ten. Like. Eric wants to give it a 10, I, I but he's, don't, he's shy. I'm not going to do <laughs> Boy. I can't go any higher than 9.5. I mean, right. that's as high as I can go. Like 9.4, 9.5. This is this is just this is this is this is what I watch Star Trek for, right? Sure. This type yeah. of thing here. And it's just amazing. Nine point five, it is for Eric. All right. I said nine point four, nine point five. I heard nine point five first. Okay. <laughs> How about first a nine point four five? You want nine point four five? Sure. Man, I shouldn't have said that. 
9.45 it is. David, what do you got, man? Oh, boy. Um, uh, I'll say this. Uh, you know, we, we all have episodes that we remember. Really, like, really remember. Of, mm-hmm. of different series and all that good sort of stuff. This is um, is one I will definitely remember, which is saying something for a series that I didn't have super high hopes on. I, I know you guys were a little bit more stoked than I was at the time. It's really changed my mind in a very drastic way. Um, this was insanely deep. Had a lot of thought-provoking uh, points for me. It had a very interesting conflict. It had insanely good character development. It had just a steady advancement in every everything that these kids have started uh, since day one, almost to a, a hyper factor in here. And I, I just I don't exactly know how you how you turn it up anymore. It's like you're, you're, you're setting the bar really, really high because everything I want out of a Star Trek episode was in this particular episode. Like I actually care about the characters, um, which is saying something because it's really hard for me to care about characters from like discovery sometimes. So I care about everything that's happened here. Everything was done just ridiculously well and I am perfectly fine with being singular here, Eric, my friend, my good buddy that I just met last week for the first time in real life, but I've been talking <laughs> with for years now, you know, just decades, a couple years. Uh, this is a 10. It is a 10. It's, it is on the scale for, for this one show, but it, it is a 10. There's nothing wow. more that I would have done with it. For me, there's nothing more that I needed. It was it was as perfect as you could make an episode. Wow. 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 Okay. So now I have to now I have to close it out with my rating. Now you have to bring us down. <laughs> Contractually obligated to now. This is great. Eric gave it a nine point four five. Nine point five. We'll round up nine point five. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> David gave it an 11. Sorry, a 10. Man. Okay. Now I'm starting to rethink some of my decisions in life. Um, I enjoyed the heck out of this episode. Um, I feel really weird admitting this in front of you guys and even maybe to some of the people in listener land, but this episode like had me like choked up at like a couple different moments. Um, like I was like really feeling the characters and like the, like the, the struggles, the victories, the, the everything in between that they were going through. And gosh, man, it was, it, this was really good. Like I thought that first contact was, was good. Like, like that was really good. I mean, I gave it what a nine, three last time for crying out loud. Um, and part of that was like, the music and the cinematography and it was just a really good story this was a really good story and if if people in listener land disagree with me yeah, you're, you're entitled to that I guess but this is a really good episode 
I came into this with a certain number. I think I have to modify it. Gosh. Now I feel like Eric, like the other day, where he was like just hemming and hawing, trying to just drag it out to come up with a number. <laughs> Man. Man. Um... I, I'm I'm with Eric. Like this this ended too soon, you know. Like at 24 minutes thereabouts, uh, I guess like 22 minutes, not counting the the credits um, at the front and the back. But okay, I'm gonna have to give this. I mean, gosh, man, I want to I want to give it a 10, but I don't know if I should. Um. I think for me this is going to be like a I feel comfortable with a, a nine seven five on this. I love the heck out of this episode. The only reason it's not a ten for me is um like it just towards the very end it just felt like it was just like a little rushed. Just a little bit for me. And um and, and if if that weren't the case, then it would be a solid ten for me. So, uh, yeah, nine nine seven five is what I'm giving it. So very very good episode. By the way, this is our highest rated episode for this series, um, with our three uh, ratings averaged together. This from us, we're giving it an average rating of a nine point seven three. By the way, yeah, I mean that's fantastic. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, last week was our second highest rated episode. With our averages put together, that's a 9.16 repeating. Or if you just want to round it up, that's a 9.2 mm-hmm. that we're essentially giving it. And uh, the week before that was an 8.86. So, like, we've had, re- like, like, I think David, was it David that pointed out? Like, we've had three really no, strong I just said, episodes. I just all- said that, yeah. Eric, I'm sorry, Eric. Yeah, Eric said that. Like three really strong episodes back to back to back. And uh, we have two more episodes before we're done with this until the fall, which breaks my heart. Um, Or whenever the second half of season one comes out, which breaks my heart. But um, anyway, that's that. But Eric, I did something just for you. (laughs) Just for you. You ready for this? Before we get out of here, we got to take care of a Twitter poll. All right, everyone. So the, I, I polled the people of the Twitter. Okay, this is the reason people listen, actually listen to this show is the, the Twitter poll for crying out loud. So here's the, here's the question. Here's the poll for this week. Which character do you connect with the most on hashtag Star Trek Prodigy? The options are Dal, Gwyn, Rock Talk, Hologram Janeway. Okay. I want to start with Eric since he's our resident non Twitterer. Well, I think it's easiest to connect with your main character. I think that's just true for like every. It should be true for for every show, right? I mean, because they're your main character. You're getting the most storyline of, out of them. Presumably, the show is being told through their perspective. Now, obviously, you know, Spock is not the main character of 
of the original series, but I feel like most people would say they connect most with Spock. I, you know, you know, I do de- definitely. Um, so I think Dal is the answer, but I want to say I would have chosen Gwyn. Okay, I really like Gwyn's character and the journey that she's been through so far right of you know her her father basically choosing the ship over her and that having this profound impact on her right because we've seen that storyline play out more whereas like if the one criticism in this episode i could offer is that we didn't follow up at all on that very last conversation we had between dal and and Gwen at the end of last episode were like, how could Nandy betray me like this? Right? We didn't, there was no follow-up to that. Right? So I think, I think because of the follow-up and the continuing story, I would choose Gwen. Okay. All right. All right. How about you, Lieutenant Commander David, Ensign First Officer, Mother of Dragons, Heavyweight Champion of the World? Yep, yep. We'll, we'll get another one on there next week. It's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it, it, it's it's Gwen too. I, I think uh, you know, kind of started out as as uh, as the outsider, and is um, finding her own way through this story. I mean, you know, Dal, Dal's great. Uh, it was good to see Rock Talk advance here, and you know, Janeway. Janeway's great too. Just, I think we all like hologram Janeway, but I, I think as far as depth, Gwen probably has one of the deeper, deeper characters here. Her her problems are a little bit more. They're larger. <laughs> they're larger. Uh, so, but yeah, I I think she's she's been uh, probably for me the the best character so far. Okay. All right. So again, I pulled the people of the Twitter, um, and. Coming in in last place with zero percent of the vote, Gwyn. What? Yep. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, you should just you, you should, just, should just put two votes on there right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it closed like an okay. hour and a half. Okay. All right. <laughs> um. All right. In third place, with 16.7% of the vote, oh, Captain, my Captain, Dal. Okay, so Dal's in third place, right, which comes down to the final two. Uh, and there's an honorable mention out there somewhere for Murph, since he didn't make, you know, make the cut for the poll. It, it's fine. There's also another um, honorable mention for, for Zero, since they didn't make the cut either, um, which, which is fine, which is fine. Second place, 25% of the vote. Hologram Janeway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your Twitter people are wrong. <laughs> They're wrong. Send all your ats to not Eric on Twitter, you know, just, I, oh, it's a, what are we doing? Fifty-eight point three percent of the vote went to Rock Top. I don't understand that. I mean, before before this episode yeah. dropped, 
Like, if it were after, I could understand. But, like, before? That's crazy. They just like the cutesy voice, don't they? They want to hug her. Well, I think I think maybe, maybe, I'm stretching here, but, like, Rock Talk was, like, big and scary in the first episode when mm-hmm. we didn't have translators. And then once we got the mm-hmm. translator, now she's got the cute, squeaky, soft voice, and she's all cuddly and stuff. So maybe there's, like, right. a bit of, like, you know, misunderstanding or prejudgments, and I'm trying to read something into that. I'm trying to read something in here. I don't know if it's working or not. It's a good attempt. I like it. (laughs) Well, well, well. Well, gents, we are at the end of uh, this here episode discussion. So, again, thank you for for the conversation. This was like, I think, I mean, not to, to, you know, put a damper on, like, our other conversations, but I think this has been, like, probably one of the liveliest probably one of the most engaging discussions we've probably had ever and it was it was a real treat uh it was a real treat so thank you guys again. I, I don't this this is and, uh, this, like this is probably the best pure episode i think that we've ever done on our discussions right if you talk about yeah you know going all the way back to picard season one discovery season three discovery season four lower deck season two and then now right this is probably the best episode of the bunch yeah yeah, of the um, do the math, Eric. Like of the what seventy, eighty, some odd total episodes or whatever it's been. It wouldn't be that hard to figure out, right? Do There's your math. Ten episodes. Ten episodes of Picard, right? Thirteen of Discovery season three. That's twenty three. Done eight. Eight of Discovery season four so far. Thirty one. We did ten of Lower Deck season two. That's forty one. And then now this is eight here, right? Yeah, that's 49. So that's 40, 49. Oh, look, I can math. I can math when I need to. <laughs> did, did you come up with the, the time Rock Talk, you know, was alone on the no, ship yet? No, I, I did not. Dang it. That's for next week, Eric. That's your homework, yeah, okay? That's my homework, right? Yeah, yeah. Do your, your warp sine curve or whatever. You, damp sine wave. Damped. It's easy. You know, if you put, a, like, a swinging pendulum in, and you put a magnet next to it, you can you can... You know that the the fob on your pendulum, if it's metal, you can put the magnet there and you can damp it. It's really not that hard. It's over there. It's really not that hard. <laughs> Look, man, I didn't even take like. I think I took like a little bit of trig, but I took no calc. I still look. You still need to send me those calc videos that you said you were gonna give me, or send me your oh, I, f- I forgot. Yeah, well, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. No one wants to hear me ramble about calc and wanting to learn calc. So everyone out there, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much, if not more than we did. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts, your opinions about this, um, not just the show, but the episode in general. Um, and, you know, and we'd love to, to share that and just kind of see where, where we track, where you track and go from there. Uh, if you'd love to, uh, if you'd like to, you know, connect with us and learn more about the show, check out trtvpod.com. Learn ways to support the show both financially and through social media. We are on all the things at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're all at TRTVPod on those folks, on those uh, places and stuff. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you want to email us, you can do that. Open up handling frequencies and enter in TRTVPod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit before the proto-drive explodes and goes supernova and stuff. So be quick about it. 
Um, other than that, if you do want to mail us something like a schematic, make sure it gets to us in time, right? Um, make sure you get to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so very, very much for listening and engaging with us. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.